We are at Tito's Handmade Vodka Summer Bash, brought to you by the Village of Dallas, Corona, and Coca-Cola Southwest Beverages, where we are in the middle of uh, round tables. Our second one, we had the musers on, and we're doing show-by-show round tables. This one consists of the Norm and D invasion. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Donovan Lewis and the great Norm Hitzkiss. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Norm, has it all sunk in? I'm sure it has over the last couple of days, but probably doesn't. It's probably going to take the first day of you being at home before it actually sinks in, right? Well, I'm not sure. I think it's sinking in right now. Um, The nice thing is that this feels a little bit like a celebration. Yeah. Um, Because we've... We've had some messy divorces at the ticket recently. Yeah. That shouldn't be the way people leave. Shouldn't ever be the way people leave. Right. You should you should leave really, really good friends. Yep. No. Dude, trust me, I agree. <laughs> I Wait, are agree. you speaking from any experience? Nah, just okay, a tad just bit. wondering. Just a tad bit. Yeah, man, so did you whenever you had the finality of it if you don't mind me digging um did you say to yourself okay this is the date i want to leave or was that done did that come later like what how did you decide on next week well first of all the discussions with dan bennett and jeff catlin started about five weeks ago okay when i went in and i said hey i'd I'd like to retire but i want to do it on you all's schedule. What's best for you? And we talked of that, and uh, we set a date, and then we changed it once. Um, but it was pretty easy to do, to tell you the truth. It, yeah. It was. Um, and it didn't matter to me. It, hey, I'm going to work through next week, and it wouldn't matter to me if you want, all wanted me to work through the week after. It wouldn't matter to me. It's just a... I wanted to leave in the right way. So when you realized that you were out of vacation, is that when you realized that you <laughs> yes. wanted to retire? You, you, noticed, you noticed that I took three weeks of vacation to go to New Zealand and then came back and quit. And I, I called you out on that, too. I'm, yes, like, did. I'm like, Norm, you're out of vacation. Like, you have no more days. And you're like... I'm good. We're done. It. Yeah. Boom. He, he totally knew information that we didn't have. Now, wait. Speaking of vacation, Norm, are you going to go? Are you still going to do Serenian Bay in August? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, that Brian, the owner, has become a friend, and we love that place. In fact, Mary has a woman's group, and they're going to Serenian Bay in October, and I'm, I'm going to tag along and float in the pool. And float up to the poolside bar. Okay. Or you can put your little bikini on and just be one of the gals. Hello. I, listen. Maybe look, that's the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around, I, I think the word little applies to bikinis. I have postage stamps bigger than some of these. <laughs> but it's great, right? Hello. Oh, yeah. Fine. <laughs> Hey. This is no protest at no, all. No, no, the transition has been really good from, uh, from the bikini standpoint, for sure. Um, so, we were talking last segment. I want you to tell us, because there's a thousand questions I have for you concerning your broadcast career, but let's start at 
Did you really want to talk about the Cowboys-Packers game or whatever? No. On 9-11? No. No. I Very quickly, at the end of the music show, we understood there was something yeah. really big going on. And through the 10 to 11 to noon slot, there was just information flying from everywhere. Everywhere. I do remember about 9-11... The next day calling Pat Summerall because he had been in a building right in the same area having a meeting. In Jacksonville? In No, not in Jacksonville, <laughs> Washington, um, I think. Um, and Pat, you couldn't get a cab. Forget that. And Pat had walked from that lower, lower, lower Manhattan to his hotel on 56th Street. And he got there, and he was covered with ash, and he understood. Everybody there started to understand what a disaster that was. What a disaster. So many lives lost in that building in that one event. But you were itching to talk about the defensive capability (laughs) of... The way I remember it is you got back to cowboy talk between the towers falling. We'll update you if anything else happens. So there was like a 12-minute um, segment. Yeah, and what the Cowboys need to do. Uh, second tower just fell. Um, what the Cowboys need to do. Didn't You did have a problem with the NFL canceling games, though, didn't you? Well, Uh-oh. I thought America needed healing. I thought America needed something regular. Something that America did together. And the NFL was that. Um, Now, were there problems or worries that we'll never know about security? I've thought of that. Were there threats? I've thought of that. Because they'd never tell us that. They'd never tell us that. But that may be sealed forever in uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's safe in Gordon's house. I yeah. don't have his safe. Yes, you, you do. do. Yep. Yes, you do. Yeah, you open it every I just day. I said the contents. Of did <laughs> Did you find the commode to match the bathtub? No, I didn't buy the commode to match the bathtub. That's, every time you go in there, you're like, oh, you sit down, and you're like, this is where he released his head. <laughs> It just, you just summon everything in you. To right. do it. I do yeah. have the bathtub, and I have his bathroom doors. I have those things. Really? And yeah. Eventually, he's going to customize his own bathroom. Yeah. Like a safe room. To recreate. I, I'm really, I really do mean anything. Don't, don't just mean, mean this to be a, a wise guy. Oh, okay. Why the doors? Because they were just throwing them away. I mean, they were, throwing, they were knocking the whole thing down. Really? Yeah, so I just knocked the pins off the hinges and took the So doors. when you've got guests over, are you going to eventually say to them, by the way, on the way to the bathroom, those are Lee Harvey Oswald's no, bathroom I, I doors. Yeah. installed. Think that'll, story. think that'll uh-huh. cut down. There'll be a lot of people pivot. No. Uh, he's he's going to build a Lee Harvey clubhouse in his backyard. Really? No. Like a little paper thing? Like you got to be like a nickel to get in there and... Sit in his bathtub. No girls allowed. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have a little theater built with a couple of seats. Oh, no, I'm not going to have a little uh, theater built with a couple of seats. <laughs> okay, Gordo. So they, the morning news um, issued the article that was published in, I think it was January of 2000 when you came over here to the radio station. 
And, you know, there was obviously a lot of consternation um, on your end of, of coming over here. Looking back at it now, could you ever have imagined that you would be here at that moment, that you would be here 23 years and become good friends with all of us? I, I couldn't imagine that, no. I, I've i told the story, and you guys have heard it. I, I, I didn't want to come here. And I talked to Dan, and he wanted me to come to the ticket. And I said, what if I don't go? And Dan said, we have a contract. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know... I'm going to have this. <laughs> some, sometimes in life, you're forced to take the road going left. And you don't anticipate it's going to be a good drive. This was fantastic. I, I'm I'm serious. I it's the, it's the longest gig you've had, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask because we were talking about all the stuff you've done. What was your second longest tenure? Probably about probably about twenty years at HSE. Yeah. Um, was it HSE the whole time, or did it morph? I'm not Morph. sure we turned into Morph. Fox Morph. Sports yet. I think we're all HSE. Well, it started as Warner Cable. And, whoa, that was rough. <laughs> and it turned into Home Sports Entertainment, which was more fun. We did, like you guys talked about last week, we did everything. I remember one night, I would fly down to Houston every Tuesday. We'd record a roundtable. And then I'd go over and do boxing at the Marriott Hotel. And it was literally set up in their ballroom, a ring, and it was crowded, man. People love boxing. And I looked at some of those guys. I said, you got to be kidding me. And one night, you need about five fights to fill a two-hour fight card on TV. Three rounds, break, three rounds, break, three rounds, break. Yeah, game, boxing match over. Interview the winner, next bout. Well, this particular night, the like the first five bouts went like in one round, two rounds, two rounds, two rounds, and four rounds. We didn't have nearly enough to fill a show. So we had to do what they call the walkout fight. So named because after the main event, people can walk out. <laughs> okay. So... Into the ring comes a guy that I swear was about 5'10", almost bald, maybe 240, 250. Uh, and he honestly, he looked like the nicest fellow. He looked like a retired fireman. Mid-40s, something like that. Here comes the other guy. A Ken Mad Dog. Okay. His nickname was Mad Dog. That's what I remember. Well, he, he walks in the ring, and you know, you all have robes. Nice robes and things like that when you come in the ring. He walked in, and he had a big Marriott bath towel with a hole cut in it. So he put it over his head like a serape. And he saw Frankie Trevino, uh, Ken Mad Dog Elliott, and he saw Frankie Trevino, the cameraman. And he started barking. And he kept it up. He just kept barking. <laughs> and the referee called them to the middle of the ring for the instructions. And he barked through the instructions. Bark. <laughs> and he, he went back to the corners. And uh, the fight started. And I thought, this guy's like, 
He's like 6'4 and maybe 220, and I thought, he's going to put this other smaller guy away. Well, the fight starts, and the fireman (laughs) swings a right and hits him right in the upper left shoulder. Down he goes. (laughs) Just down he goes. And he, he hops up. And about 20 seconds later, he's back down. And he hops up. And about 20 seconds later, he's down again, and the fight's over. And the referee goes and raises the guy's hand, and Ken Mad Dog Elliott gets off the, the floor and starts looking for Frankie Trevino so he can keep barking at him. What? Mark. You talk about weird guys. I'll tell you one last quick one, very quick. One night we're doing the boxing matches, and it's someplace else. May have been the stockyards in Fort Worth, okay? And it's one of those anonymous fights that are fight two on a seven race car, a seven fight card. And this guy walks out in the ring. And I said to Greg Lucas, wait a minute. We've seen this guy before. And I keep all my files of little notes on fighters. So we've seen this guy before. And I said, wait a minute. He's changed his name. He he had been an unsuccessful fighter as somebody named Carpenter. So he decided, I'll just start over under another name. <laughs> Did it work? No. He's, he's still terrible. Still terrible. All right, Norman. Thank you very much. Uh, you will be back out here uh, very, very soon. Really? Uh, What's the schedule look like? Well, 6'10". 610 for uh, Norman Donnie. But coming up next, Craig Jr. Miller, George Dunham, Gordon Keith, Dan McDowell, Jake Kemp, live from Tito's Handmade Vodka Summer Bash next.